So first of all, I have to say it's a sad moment for the United States academic system, uh, which was really responsible to lead the soft power of the United States for many years of excellence as a part of the culture, as a part of the vision of America to be a place for innovation, creativity, and for the future of the world. And I think that the fact that we have now a president of one of the most respected university in the world that needs to resign from our position because of two reasons, a lack of excellence due to the plagiarism that she has been uh, signed off and accused of, mm-hmm. and secondly, for not treating Jewish uh, students on campuses properly and not respecting code of conduct and transforming Harvard into a battleground against Jews. And I think the fact that we need even to deal with that, to deal with the fact that we have Jewish students under attack is not... P- is not the place for that. Like you want to fight, go in the street, but don't come to college campuses to fight for for your ideology. And I think campuses should be a place of excellence and not a place of mediocrity. And I think that we saw mediocrity in campuses is a part of an anti-Semitism going on to allow students that shouldn't be there, should be a part of the campus network, to be there, to promote their ideology. And also the fact that we have foreign funding supporting uh, these students, this professor, and building a code of conduct that is against a minority. And I think this is what we have seen. Now, what it will change on campuses? Mm-hmm. I think there is a statement that we have seen from Marva to say we need to change. We right. have seen the same statement from the, the Penn University, mm-hmm. and we are waiting to hear from MIT as well. But these are the ones that have been on the hearing on the congressional level. But we need to see others to follow. Hopefully, we're going to see a change uh, when you have these big universities, Ivy League universities, that are presenting really the soft power of the United States, understanding they have a problem is the first step. I hope the board of Harvard will understand it's not just the president, by the way. It's coming from the board, and the board has a key role to play, and not just the professional staff appointed by the board, but the board itself needs, one, to refuse foreign funding, needs to change some of the the bylaws and the code of conduct to respect Jewish life, to respect Title VI, uh, and to respect the Jewish uh, societies in their campus, and this is the first uh, step, but is go- the process will be long, and we don't celebrate uh, the resignation. Is not we are not happy about it. It's something that has to be done, but it's not something to celebrate. It means that we miss something in the history, and we could have fight that a little bit before. Well, I want you to talk a little bit about the situation. I mean, uh, we hear we see the anti-Israel protest, and and we hear the reports about anti-Semitism attacks on Jews. What is the situation in general in, in campuses there? Yes, last week we had a delegation of uh, leaders of Jewish clubs uh, on campuses to Israel. We met with the president Herzog. Uh, we had like 22 campuses represented there, 22 students from different campuses that came to Israel to send us a solidarity mission and solidarity war there in Israel. It was fantastic to see them because at the end I was looking at it and I said, but you need the solidarity. We don't need it with an army in Israel. You are the front line of a battlefield and you are the one that needs solidarity and support. So... Uh, what we see, it's a battlefield on campuses. But it is, it, is it anti-Semitism or is it anti-Israel? Is there something? Is there a difference? We, we have no difference anymore. At the moment that we have people celebrating a massacre of Jews mm-hmm. and supporting the Palestinian narrative when it's about October 7, is not about anymore a criticism of the politics of Israel. When you support the Palestinian movement, the liberation movement, all the Palestinian people, they've been celebrating a massacre of Jews you are celebrating, you are the wrong, wrong side of history, which is the anti-Semitic side of history. So it's definitely anti-Semitism from different levels in the campuses, from the student groups. We have a lot of student groups from the progressive left, 
and also from the radical Islam group that have been associating the same ideology of hating Jews. And this is very phenomenal when we see that there are, there are contractive ideologies, totally contractive. We always speak, and I think we, we make this joke, let's see how a LGBTQ person in Gaza will do. What about the, uh, the far right? I mean, the, uh, that, that was where anti-Semitism used to come from. Is that gone? It's not gone, and we should undermine the presence of far right. At CAM, at least, we always look in the perspective of three main, uh, I would say, paths of anti-Semitism. We have the far left, radical Islam, and far right. Far right exists. It doesn't exist on campuses um, mm. only, but it exists in many, many places, marginal groups in different places in America that support the right-wing right, right ideologies. They are there. They demonstrate. We see them on the streets. But they are not those that today have the presence on every corner of, of every street supporting the Palestinian movement. You know, it's fantastic to see, uh, and you will be amazed to see that you have this group, the far left, that will meet with the far right just in a matter to hate Jews and to hate Israel. <laughs> so we see this correlation. That's totally uh, crazy uh, to have these guys, like Afro-Americans, that are supporting uh, right-wing guys that basically hate them. Um, but when it's against Jews, they find a, a communality and they're able to attack the Jewish people. So we see the fire right that is there is not uh, speaking these days because they, they don't need to. Um, but uh, they are definitely there and we shouldn't forget them. Uh, how do you fight anti-Semitism in the United States? Okay. It's a good question. I think that first, before we answer that, every Jewish organization and every professional leader that deal with that, they need to pause for a second and to see where they were wrong and where they were right. Mm. Uh, we are a young organization who exists for five years, so we don't take care of the responsibility of what happened. But what we want, we want every Jewish leader to pause for a second to say where they missed and where they compromised. The first step is stopping compromising on our ideology. Recently, even at CAM, uh, we released a lot of materials and information on the left-wing, out-wing anti-Semitism coming from there, and we've been criticized about that. And now everyone's coming back to us and saying, you're right, guys. And we shouldn't compromise anymore. When we know that anti-Semitism is somewhere, we speak about it, we expose it, and we're not afraid of saying the truth. Second is to make it as a non-partisan issue. Uh, it's not about Democrats, it's not about Republicans, it's about the American society that needs to come together to eradicate a phenomenon, a virus in its own society, and to stop playing political games. The third level is also to start working on a local level, mayors, and municipal leaders where the impact is direct on the society. Working on a federal level is very important. You pass legislation, but it takes time to implement them, to work state by state. Jews don't have time anymore. They're under attack, and we need really to, tr to work with the local uh, decision makers. We have at CAM uh, a yearly annual summit on mayors and anti-Semitism that we do, uh, where we equip the mayors with different tools, policies, programming, connection, relationship, to be able to implement new ways of fighting anti-Semitism in the street. And secondly, is not being afraid to go where the young generation are, what the tools they use. I will not speak about TikTok, but uh, if the world of fashion is something that speaks to you, so we need to fight there. The world of sport, the world of gaming, where we are very active and we see a lot of anti-Semitism, is not anymore about the mainstream media where you can win your battle with a good uh, spokesperson. Mm -hmm. People are not there anymore. This is the old school way but we need to have new spokesperson, new people able to go where the, the people are, and they are on social media, they are on the gaming industry and are in other places. And what we have seen is the big social justice movement of the past decade 
they've been successful because they were not taking care of the media as their main tool. They were on social media. They were in the gaming industry. They used fashion design. The fashion industry for the BLM movement was a big part of it. Mm. How they dress, how they speak, and it created an identity of social justice movement to help them. And I think that we need to build the same identity of being excited to fight anti-Semitism, to make it as an important struggle for our society, and uh, to make sure that we have a language that will make it, okay, this is the right thing to do for our young generation, for the right people, and to also disconnect it. Maybe, Sasha, there should be a price for being anti-Semitic. And, and you're, trying, price, yes. you're trying to do with rhetoric. Maybe it should be a different kind of price. Go after people who are leaders of anti-Semitic and maybe try to get their funding removed. I don't know. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. And definitely it's happening these days. We see a lot of defunding of universities. That was very helpful. Not because we want to defund the university. We want the university to be well-funded. And it's important to have a strong educational system. But it's a message. Don't miss with your value and your education. We saw a lot of anti-Semites have been seen on the street, on social media, and then they lose their job. He has a price. You need to pay a price uh, to be an anti-Semite. I definitely agree with what you said, but also to have the policies that allow you to do it, uh, is to change the DI policies, to change the ESG policies of the company. And we are building right now a business council against anti-Semitism with business leaders that will be able to implement new policies of DEI, of ESG, and to engage with global companies to have this power of the wealth to say, no, it's time to change. And I will say this is the same techniques and strategies that have been utilized by other social justice movements uh, that have been very successful to push their rights and their ideology. So we're going to use the same tools and not compromise anymore.